Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Humane Nation podcast. I'm your host, Allie. Thank you guys so much for once again joining us for another episode. I just appreciate all of you so much and the support you give us. Um, It just means so much. I hope you will find today's topic informative because we're going to be talking about Prop 12. Now, if you have no idea what Prop 12 is, do not worry because we're going to be talking about the ins and outs of it and just all of the things that surround it because it really is a major law. Not to mention, it's a super hot topic right now, which I'm going to get into all of this later. But thank you so much for being here and for listening. Now, before we get into today's topic, as always, we're going to be talking about some animal welfare news first. According to NBC Connecticut News, homes are needed for all dogs at the Middlebury Animal Rescue within the month. On November 15th, the animal shelter will be closing and reopening on May 1st. They're needing to find homes or fosters for all of their animals at the shelter, and they're really putting out an emergency call for help. They say the reason for closing is due to medical circumstances, and they hope to be back and better come May 1st. You can keep up to date with them at the Brass City Animal Rescue Facebook page, and if you're in the area, please consider either fostering or adopting one of the animals at the shelter. And according to St. Louis Post-Dispatch News, a St. Louis County Animal Control Department destroyed about 20,000 pounds of paper records without first proper permission. Now, the reason why that they destroyed the papers was because of cockroach and mice infestation. And you may be thinking, okay, but this is not really any news. Why do I need to know this? What's interesting about this is that this destruction, quote, comes as the county faces three lawsuits and open record requests related to the animal shelter. And they said they have never seen someone destroy this amount of documents in the middle of litigations. It just so happens that all of the documents that were needed for each of the three cases filed were destroyed without the proper permission including rabies records, and including some of the euthanization records as well. I just can't help but think how ironic the timing was with this infestation. Some people wonder why couldn't they just move the documents away? Others say that the documents were way too infested and were a health hazard and needed to be destroyed. Regardless, they did not follow the correct protocol for disposing the documents. But yes, it is really weird timing considering they're in the middle of these three cases. One last thing I want to mention before we jump into today's topic is there are two things I want to make clear from the previous episode when we were talking about trophy hunting. I had misspoke about something. When I listened back, I heard something and I made a mistake and I just wanted to clarify that up really fast. And the first one is... I kind of made it seem like that wolves are no longer protected, and I had forgotten that wolves have regained their protection back at the beginning of the year, and so wolves are protected again. Um, In the previous episode, I said that at one point wolves had protection, and it's true, they did, but they did lose it, and then last year there was a hunt. But this year they have regained that protection, which is super, super great. 
Another thing that I said, I actually misspoke. Um, I said that a portion of a hunter's hunting permit fee goes to conservation efforts, but actually what was supposed to be said is that during these ranches where they go and they hunt animals that have been brought in for that purpose to hunt, a portion of that fee, of the hunting fee, I believe is what is supposed to be given to conservation, not their hunting permit. So I apologize for that confusion. When I listened back, I was like, oops, I need to clear that up. So thank you guys for bearing with me. I hope that helps a little bit if you're confused last time. But yeah, I just wanted to mention that in this episode really quick. All right, you guys, let's go ahead and jump into today's topic. All right, so Prop 12. As I said earlier, this is a really hot topic. The reasoning is because today, October 11th, the Supreme Court is meeting to hear oral arguments regarding Prop 12. Now, we should back up a little bit and explain what exactly is Prop 12 anyways. Prop 12 is a law that was voted back in 2018 by Californians, and essentially that law prohibits the sale of pork and eggs from industrial farms that use gestational crates for their mother pigs and that also used caged egg-laying hens. This is a big law. It was major. Um, It was a huge win for animal rights. It covered a lot of loopholes that big ag businesses found in Prop 2, which was similar in some ways, but they found ways around some of the new regulations in Prop 2. So Prop 12 came along and it helped close up some of those gaps. Now, just to clarify, California already has a ban on the use of gestation crates for their big industrial farms. So this was primarily for any sort of -of out-of-state companies that wanted to sell their pork in California. However, again, since it was a really big win for animal rights, that means that, of course, the pork industry became angry, essentially. They were not happy about this at all because they want to use gestation crates. They didn't want to have to reconfigure the layout to accommodate their mother pigs. They have very little regard for their mother pigs because, as we know, they see them as commodities, not beings. Because right now, gestation crates, by the way, are really tiny metal cages where mother pigs stay while they're pregnant. Essentially, they can be in two positions during this whole pregnancy, which is about four months. They can either be standing or laying down. They can't turn around. They are confined to this itty-bitty space, which is just barely bigger than they are, for their entire pregnancy. Now, after the mother pig gives birth, she and her piglets are then moved to a farrowing barn where they're able to nurse. Once that nursing phase has completed, they go back to the gestation crates to be impregnated once again and remain there for the duration of their pregnancy. This cycle may happen several more times until finally that's the end of her life. This is the life of a mother pig. So clearly, there's a lot of moral issues that go into this particular issue. Actually, there's a lot of moral issues that go into factory farming to begin with, but for the sake of Prop 12, I'll try to just stick with mother pigs and egg-laying hens. Now, it seemed like farmers weren't as 
concerned about the egg-laying hen standards because a lot more farms are becoming cage-free. And mind you, just because they're cage-free does not mean that they're not still cramped. Cage-free and free-range are different things, but that's a topic for another day. Not to mention the overall disregard for their life as a being is just not there anyways. But even still, it seems like farmers were not as concerned about the egg-laying hen issue as they were about the space needed for mother pigs. As we know, millions and millions and millions of animals are bred for consumption in the U.S. every year, and millions of those are pigs. Farmers became so up in arms about Prop 12 that instead of using the time between 2018 when the vote took place to 2022 when the law was going to become active, they used that time to sue California, and unsuccessfully by the way, so far, um, instead of actually trying to work towards making better living conditions for mother pigs, they have a total disregard for the lives at their factory. I know a lot of people think, oh, but we need to support our farmers because they care about me and my family and they care about the animals and they put food on our table. And I hate to break it to you, but that is not the case. And before I go any further with this, I'm specifically talking about industrial farms. I'm not talking about small mom-and-pop farms. I'm talking about these big factories that view animals as commodities and not actual beings. Because as we know, pigs are deeply emotional. If you haven't yet listened to the episode with Kelly from No Swine Left Behind, I highly recommend you do because that was a really enlightening episode, just learning how emotional pigs are, how loving, what great parents they are to their piglets. All of that is totally thrown out the window when it comes to factory farms. People have a disconnect between the beautiful beings that pigs are and the bacon that's on the table. I wish people realized that they're the same thing. The bacon on your table had emotions. The bacon on your table had feelings. The bacon on your table experienced pain and suffering, all for the sake of money. And that's what makes me so furious about this industry, because it is a multi-million dollar industry, and that is the only thing they care about. That is the only thing they will ever care about. And I'm sorry I'm getting so angry right now. I, when I think about it, and I think about the lives that's being impacted right now, the fact that millions upon millions of lives are being impacted right now, it's honestly hard for me to not be angry. And you should be angry too. How long are we as a society going to be accepting this treatment of animals as okay? This is not okay. This is not how their lives should be. And although it would be amazing if everyone could just be plant-based, which I know is a far-fledged dream, but you as a consumer have the right to know the amount of suffering that goes into the bacon on your plate or the sausage or the pork chop or whatever it is that you find yourself consuming. Please do not believe this notion that factory farmers care about their animals or about the American people because they don't. What is in front of them is the dollar signs. What is their motivation is the money. They have no concern about you or the animals. That's why thousands of people have gotten sick from contaminated pork from sick animals in their factories. 
let's not believe the idea that we owe them our loyalty because they provide food on our tables. Because the food that's on our table is only there because a morally corrupt industry wanted to confine mother pigs in these tiny metal cages so that we as a society can have our bacon in the morning. Aside from that, the food that's on our table is only there because their main motivation is money. We've been turning a blind eye to all of this because out of sight, out of mind, I don't want to know the suffering that goes on at factory farms, so I'm not going to learn about it. I'm not going to understand it because I love bacon and that's just what it is. Please do not believe this because the more people that turn their blind eye to this industry, the more it's just going to keep happening. But if we're encouraging change and if we're educating our friends and family that this suffering happens because of our buying habits, somehow the power comes back into the consumer's hand. And that's pretty exciting. We as consumers have an upper hand. I do want to say a word on some of the smaller factory farms that actually did begin making changes to their layout so that mother pigs could be out of gestation crates. But it's these really big factories that have been extremely loud and disgruntled about these changes, and they're the ones that's making noise. Gandhi once said, The greatness of a nation and its moral progress can be judged by the way its animals are treated. I have to say... When I see how animals are treated on these factory farms, I can say, wow, our nation is not great. It can be, but we have to make changes. And it has to be a collective effort because our buying choices have an impact. Right now, the argument that farmers have towards Prop 12 and what they're trying to bring to the U.S. Supreme Court is that Prop 12 violates the Dormant Commerce Clause, which is essentially a legal doctrine that is meant to prevent businesses within their state priority over businesses outside of state. It's going to be really interesting to see what all comes out of the hearings tomorrow. I know that if Prop 12 is reversed, more suffering is just going to endure. There are some very loud people in the big ag business And they're not happy with animal advocates, let me tell you, because they blame animal advocates for this, even though though it was the voters in California that made this happen. Humane Society of the United States posted a quote from Dave Warner, who is director of National Pork Producers Council, which is one of the councils that is going against Prop 12. And they said, so our animals can't turn around for the two and a half years. I don't know who asked the sow if she wanted to turn around. Yeah, these are the people who are fighting against Prop 12. Like I said, a total disregard for animals. Just to put it in perspective, you're in a small cage to where you can only sit up or sit down, but you can't turn around. This is your life. I mean, how anxiety-provoking is that? I'll try to update you guys about the Prop 12 situation as more information comes out. Um, It's going to be really interesting to see what happens today. Again, like I said, the oral hearings are happening today. And I hope that through all of this, more people will understand that there's a lot of suffering involved with big agribusiness. But we, as consumers, can help make changes. All right, you guys, thank you so much for listening. I know that this was a little bit more of (laughs) an intensive episode 
infuriating maybe for some and I apologize for my personal emotions getting in the way. I get very angry when it comes to factory farming and um, part of having a podcast is I want to be transparent with you and this is just one of the things that really make me angry. But I want to thank you guys for listening. Thank you for being a part of this. If you have a foster pet or maybe you have an adopted pet and you want to share their story with us, you can go to our website and click on the link called Feature Your Pet. And also for our sanctuary friends, we have started a new initiative where we will be highlighting residents that are in need of sponsorship or residents that have an emergency medical bill on our podcast. So you can go to our website and under the podcast tab, you'll see a button there called for sanctuaries and there's a form that you can fill out and we will do a shout out here on our show. All right, you guys, thank you so much for listening and we will catch you next time. Bye.